0: Yay, so here we are. We're recording another episode of the Becoming Cosmic New You podcast, and today we have Katie Valentine. I love your surname, Katie. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I love it too.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Katie, let us know who you are and where you come from. So
1: hey, everyone. My name is Katie, and I am a coach and an entrepreneur, and I help business leaders, uh, business leaders, I help entrepreneurs and leaders um, become Christo expansive in their journeys. And so I usually work with people who grew up in some kind of Christian tradition and they really, really love the words of Jesus. They may not be real enthused about some of the messages of the church, but they also want to expand and get to know other, other spiritual realities that maybe have been closed off from them when they were in a church box. Yeah. So my, my company is called Soul Forge Coaching. So I work with other beings, Bridget and Aphrodite alongside
0: jesus and help people become who they're supposed to be wow that's interesting we never usually go down the christian route so this is really fascinating for me obviously i'm always open to hearing other angles so what's your experience of working with people who come from a religion do you find that a lot of people are closed off to spirituality and that it um, limits them or what's been your like experience katie
1: Yeah, and so in in my context, I'm I'm American and I live in Ireland, so I kind of get it from all sides, right? Protestant, evangelicals, Catholics, spiritual (laughs) but not religious, like I work with a little bit of everyone. So my experience is people coming from religion, I mean, it really depends. And while there's one popular concept of what religion is, underneath there's a whole lot of variety. And there's ethical Christians. There's non ethical Christians, right? We see for every uh, Jim Baker that you have, you have a, a Richard Rohr as well. Um, so it really runs the gamut. But the people that I tend to work with have been very intuitive. They've known deep down that there's more than the picture that they've been given. Uh-huh. Um, and they know that Jesus is not um, exactly who others have told them Jesus is. So they're really they they've already actually usually expanded in their hearts they they know that intuitively and they're wanting to connect at a deeper level to these other you know what we call woo woo or new age which neither I don't really like any of those terms but because it's just all spirituality mm. yeah um, no, yeah kind of yeah. no matter how you slice the cake
0: I love that I love that you 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 literally. What you do is spanning across very many different layers that you know on paper probably shouldn't work in a way, right? No? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that. And, yeah. So I mean, I feel like I'm like I'm part of a um a movement, a uh, part of a cohort who are reclaiming the um more ancient meanings mm. of what it is to follow Jesus, and that that can actually be really expansive because I think Jesus was also really expansive. Uh.
0: Definitely. And you said you work with, oh, was it Aphrodite, you said? If I get yeah. yeah. Wow. And Jesus as well.
1: Yes. Shocked, shocked the fire out of me. Um, I completed my shamanic practitioner training. I did that like the past year and, and finished that about a couple of months ago. And in the middle of that, of my shamanic training, I'm doing a journey and um, Aphrodite appears. When I look back in my journal, I saw that she had been appearing on the periphery. Hmm. Um, through several journeys. I had spent some time in Cyprus, which I just really loved. And she came forward and presented herself as like, I want to help you with your um with your mission and with your coaching. And yeah, I'm, al- I'm also a New Testament scholar. And my my work when I was doing my dissertation was on First Corinthians. And of course, she was the patron goddess of Corinth. Oh, wow. And so when I look back, I see she's had this little thread all these years, and um, so I've yes, yeah, that that's actually fairly new. I mean, about a year old or so.
0: Mm. I've been told that you've actually been guided by her for quite some time because you have an aspect, you you have an aspect of yourself that is Aphrodite. Oh, thank you. That's okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool. I like it.
0: Does that resonate? It
1: does resonate. And when I, um, because I am a um, scholar, I've started doing my research. And so the modern conception of Aphrodite is fairly skewed. So we've made her only about sex, love, and beauty, which is all fine. I like all of those things, nothing wrong with those things, but there's more to her. Uh, There's a lot more to her too. And so she was um, much more uh, far-reaching in the ancient world. And, part of what I really liked about her that I found out when I was in Cyprus, her her cult in Cyprus in the ancient world was a real mixture of East meets West. And so it was coming like the Greek or Greek conception of Aphrodite was there, but there's also a lot of influence of her with um, Ishtar, with Inanna, with Asarti, with these other near Eastern gods of whom ancient Jews and Christians would have been very familiar.
0: Uh,
1: Or the ancestors of who became Jews and Christians would have been very familiar.
0: Mm. So it almost feels like my team is saying they put her into this box of being this beauty goddess because they knew what her power was. So it was almost yeah. like a disablement, right? In a way, yeah, yes, yeah, she was a, a goddess, but to be known for beauty, god, uh, for beauty looks and love, can be a little bit. It's disabling, kind of, in a way, when you're an expansive being.
1: Yeah, and it's a way for people. It's a safe way, right, for people to start to get to know her mm. and then find out the other depths, all right? So sometimes we have to present something on the surface to open people's minds while we have hidden depths beneath us. And that's how I feel she is, too.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And and my team are saying, like, that's what your coaching is as well. I imagine that, you know, when we do this um, metaphysical stuff when we're connecting with these higher um, frequency beings, you don't always go out there and tell people that's what you do, do you? Like, otherwise, a lot of people would be put off. So I think on the surface level, you have to deal with the surface level problem. And then when they're your clients, you get to do everything with them.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, we get to go like as deep as people want, um, which is lovely. And the, the, the spiritual world is there waiting. And they, you know, my experience is they don't have a lot of judgment. Christians are, people coming from evangelical Christianity are used to like saying everything. They have to give their testimony, they have to witness. And this is all just modern nonsense, really. Um, that That's not what Jesus was about at all. Um, but when we start doing this kind of work, that's not always the best policy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I see people try to do that before they're ready and they don't have adequate explanations. And then when people are asking them for explanations, they, they can't say anything and then they, they feel really stuck. So yeah, sometimes it's good to keep it a little close to the best.
0: I think so. And I think the other thing a lot of people do in the collective, I'm sure you see this in your work maybe, is um, they're regurgitating other people's content and information rather than not um, connecting with their own power and, and what it means through them. Because, you know, we all have our own divine timelines and our own gifts. And so if we're just spending time learning what other people are doing, then it's a massive distraction, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the difference between book learning and your own authentic experience. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I love book learning. So it's really easy for me to stay at that surface. I have to make myself close the book and get to the authentic messages underneath it you know as you're saying that it it strikes me that the flip side is also true i also see people who get a message but don't have any skill set in interpreting it Uh, they they don't take the time to dig deeper because spirit communicates very efficiently uh, through short phrases through symbols that we have to unpack and sometimes that doesn't happen in one minute. Sometimes that takes a day. Sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes a year. Uh, and so I had uh, someone um, in one of my groups who said, well, no, I got this message from Jesus that the moon is evil. And I was like, well, that's probably a symbolic message that we need to unpack. No, no. It means that the moon is evil. So you know, can't do new moon rituals, full moon rituals. I was like, well, maybe the rituals aren't for you and that's fine. But the <laughs> message that the moon is evil maybe we could nuance, you know, figure out what that means. So Mm. it also means living, you know, living with the ambiguity and -hmm. being really comfortable with that. I think that's an essential part of what it is to be spiritual.
0: I think so. And I think that's quite scary for a lot of people because I think people have been programmed to be robotic, right? Get, go to school, um, be programmed with words and then get a job. Uh, Well, go to university or whatnot, go to study and then go to get a job and then, you know and then and then retire and then die. And I think people struggle with not with the ambiguity and, and not being clear, right? But I, I really love waking up and just thinking, what am I gonna do today? And then tuning into spirit and then them telling me and guiding me. And I just I can't imagine my life now without spirit. Yeah.
1: Um yeah and the, the ambiguity is kind of where the fun is if it was clear cut it'd be
0: really boring yeah and we've seen a lot of chaotic energy coming in at the moment you know um dragon energy for example i think a lot of people get freaked the fuck out with dragon energy but actually it brings a lot of change and transformation and people forget that often that that whirlwind that chaos is actually really effective for transformation and you've got to embrace it right
1: that's so funny about dragons I just finished this really short group about finding um to help people find soul guides through shamanic journeys and all these dragons were showing up in people's uh, people's journeys and of course I, I didn't put it together until the end of the class that we were entering the year of the dragon mm-hmm. at the time but you've been having you've been experiencing some dragon energy too it sounds like.
0: Oh yeah for years I mean I've had dragon yes. guys for maybe six to seven years but um I think because the collective are becoming more aware of it now and people are speaking about it it's giving them invitation to stay so I'm seeing a lot more messages on social media where people are actually normal people are seeing dragons in the clouds and things And I'm like mm. oh my god I've been seeing them for like ages I'm glad that you know everybody's seeing the stuff that I I thought that it was only me looking up and seeing them I was at your dog?
1: It's not my dog. It is my parents' dog who I'm keeping oh. and it's supposed to be sound asleep. Let's <laughs> <That's laughs> be picking up on the dragon energy. Should I go shut um, the door?
0: <laughs> they're so intuitive. Pets are. I usually have my cat to be honest in front of my screen and showing a butt or whatever. So <laughs>
1: He's coming in here now. Do you want to come say hi? Uh oh, yeah, right the collective energy, huh? Oh yes. Just they a little out of sorts, because they my dad is in the hospital, and then my mom is taking care of my dad, so I'm taking care of the dog.
0: Oh, he's a bit lonely. A little bit. A little bit anxious,
1: oh, but he's, he I'll just hold
0: him Sorry about that. He said he was a bit lonely. You'll have to give some healing to him. Yeah. He can do some Reiki
1: later. I know.
0: So what did you learn? about? What have you learned about Aphrodite that you could share? Because I feel like you've got a really beautiful connection with the water as well. Right? I don't know if anyone's yeah. told you that you... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love water. But so for Aphrodite, um part of well, part of what I like about her is her expansiveness. Um, she really can't be put in this box that we've tried to put her in. On Cyprus in particular, she was an iconic. And so we don't see a lot of visual depictions of her. Um, and in the one of the tem- ruins of the temples near the western part of the island, her representation was this ancient meteoric rock.
0: Yeah, I've seen that, Aphrodite's yeah. book. But...
1: Oh my gosh, it just emanates this energy, so like, that was really cool, Um, really, really cool to see that, and so she's so extensive, we can't limit her to a depiction. Mm. Like, she's in this, in this really ancient representation, she's embodied in this um, rock, like, deeply, deeply of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, and so that, I love that, and she was also, on Cyprus, uh, it was a bloodless cult. And so they didn't offer animal sacrifices to her. Oh, wow. It was all like first fruits. Yeah. Rocks and uh, rocks, flowers and fruits and water and grain, um, that okay. kind, of kind of offering. So that, that really resonates just with how I kind of operate in my, um, shamanically informed spiritual, <laughs> spiritual world. Um, but there's also fierceness to her. It's not all love and beauty. When we look at the Anana Asardi, Ishtar connection, I mean, these were goddesses who were goddesses of war. Oh. They would right wrongs. And so there's a bit of a justice, I think, connection to Aphrodite that's been overlooked
0: oh.
1: in, our, in our popular culture. And so uh, that part of her also re- resonates really deeply with me.
0: Mm. And I think that's a really important point because I think when in the spiritual community, they feel like it's all about love and light, but actually there's also a lot of, going to war and dream space and and um managing demonic energy and and you know all this and clearing your energy and being ready for anything and stepping into this chaotic energy sometimes and mastering that and it's not just all this plastered love and light and looking good all the time yeah. there is some deeper work that goes on so i love that about her yeah
1: and she, she was also associated with uh copper forges as well so she seems to be a goddess of the forge so i often wear i didn't buy this because of her i had it beforehand but i kind of wear it as a reminder a little copper magnetic bracelet um and bridget in the irish tradition is also a goddess of the forge so these two forge goddesses have kind of come to me like ready ready to transmute that energy
0: oh wow i love that i love that it's going to be a very powerful year for you <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buffle up. And um yes. what can you tell us about like the energy or the um connection you have with Jesus and how it's misunderstood in the world right now?
1: Yeah, it's so misunderstood. American evangelicalism has really just done a number on on the message of Jesus and skewed it to be um, a message about about power, about inappropriate uses of power, and about dogma rather than about action and the and the interior heart um so for me you know one of my earliest memories is I had those uh, books on tape back when we had cassette tapes yeah and it would beep and you would know to turn the page before you could read and so one of my one of my earliest memories is lying in bed and I was turning the pages of the book and it's the story of Jesus healing uh, a man who couldn't walk and when his, the he's lowered through the roof of a house because the crowds around the house were too great. And so the, there's this depiction of Jesus that's really from my earliest memories of one who is a healer, um, one who actually uses um, very shamanic practices in my mind. He uses his own spit. He uses the mud in order to heal. We also have hints from Jesus, especially in the gospel of Luke that, um, some of the women who followed Jesus become later demonized, but they were probably plant workers. Uh-huh. They were probably early healers who were teaching Jesus about the healing nature of the world around him. Uh-huh. And so we also see this really deep interaction beneath the surface. It is just beneath the surface of our written words uh-huh. um, that Jesus was also learning. Um, you know, Jesus might not have come to earth as knowing everything like jesus was open to learning and learning from women oh. about the art of healing oh. i think also the for me the relationship with jesus is one of um intense care for the vulnerable oh. and that that is a necessary part of spirituality not in the sense of charity although that's all that's all um good it definitely has its place but in the sense of empowering so that in my work, if I'm empowering those who are vulnerable, whether in spirit, whether in body, um, then I am partnering with Jesus to make the word a better place. Mm-hmm. So the more that we are creating abundance, and I mean legit, um, legitimate abundance for um, those who have been traditionally underrepresented, for queer people, for women, um, for differently abled people, then we are, we are doing the work that Jesus came here to do, and it's up to us to continue that. That didn't stop. Um, so it's not about building better churches, bigger churches. It is about empowering the most vulnerable among
0: us. Mm, I agree. I think it's always been about that work. I think a lot of the church is about control, right? And uh, <laughs> one, one of the things that really pisses me off is when people show up in my world and start throwing um, quotes at me from the Bible. Uh, yeah. Like okay. almost like throwing holy water at me, like I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> it happens more when I do Facebook adverts because you put your stuff out to everyone, you know. Whereas in, in my community, I never get stuff like that because I filter heavily for the right people. But, right. you know, it's, it's, I think it leaves a nasty taste in, in people's mouths sometimes, doesn't it? Even the word Jesus or uh, religion, because most people have been used to someone uh in their past or whatever shoving something down their throat relating to religion that's not resonant with them
1: yeah and it's um to me it's the it's a it's a, it's criminal actually to do that in the name of jesus because it is causing harm oh. it's causing harm and so uh, especially as a i mean i'm a biblical scholar and i know when i see people just throw bible verses at someone you know i tell my community and my crowd but hey don't do that it's it's not jesus-like um first of all. Um, And then second, you're taking a verse wildly out of context and you're weaponizing it. Why would you do that? (laughs) Why would you weaponize something that's supposed to be sacred? If we're going to use single Bible verses out of context, at least use them for inspiration. Uh. Use them to be inspiring, use them to be comforting, not to be a weapon. Um, And so, yeah, so that particular damage, uh, for some people, it's too deep um, to restore any kind of credibility or legitimacy um, with church, with Jesus. And there's certainly great churches out there, right? Not every church is like that, but it's hard to see that through all of the the painful weaponization Mm. um, of this kind of spirituality. But I think the really good news is the spirit of Christ is way more far-reaching than a name or an identity, like whatever this Jesus spirit is, this Christ spirit is, is present for people, whether, no matter what we call it. Uh, like that's like, to me, that is not the important part. The important part is the message. Uh, and however, however we can perceive the message, then it's great, Um, you know, great for our building up humanity. Like Jesus came to, to empower humanity. So however that happens is Jesus' word.
0: Uh, And it's just the work of love isn't it raising the frequency it's christ consciousness like when i hear christ consciousness or bringing love to the world um i just think of raising the vibration on the earth i like you said empowering people to do their own work to do their own healing and and stepping into their own skills and gifts and that's how i see it and i think a lot of things get kind of like turned out of context around Christ consciousness and what that means and, and that Jesus is coming back to save us somehow. And I just think like we we're here to save ourselves first and then we're here to lead others. We're not we're not we're not really dependent on one person. We have to take self-responsibility and, and that's that's something on us, right? We have to lead first.
1: Yeah, and becoming um yeah becoming self-actualized. Like in my my reading of the gospels, Jesus assisted people in becoming self-actualized and in recognizing who who they actually are. And so how however that happens, I'm really happy about it.
0: Mm. Oh your doggy's there, bless him. His little heart is really low breaking a little bit i can feel it bless him
1: yeah he's been just a little out of
0: sorts he's a good dog (laughs) yeah he looks like a good job just a little bit yeah like you say out of sorts oh bless him so where can people find you katie if they want to be in your energy and find out more about what you do
1: yeah so the easiest way is just my website soulforgecoaching.org from there you'll find freebies and ways to connect um those who love facebook if you're not anti-facebook you can join the my Facebook group, which is called the Metaphysical Christian. So if you type that into the search bar, it'll come up right away.
0: Beautiful. What will do, Kate, as we'll include these links in your um, bio of the um, podcast so people can really locate you easily. And um, what kind of messages or what message would you like to leave the people on? Um, what's kind of coming through the strongest right now for you?
1: Yeah, I think what's coming through the strongest right now is uh, that... That message of self-actualization and self-empowerment, and um, that we're all in this together and to forget the labels, oh. forget the labels that have defined us, whether it's for something or against something, um, and to be deeply, deeply present to spirit and to give that, um, time to work in your life. Oh. We're so used to this happening, needing to happen within like 30 seconds, oh. but actually the real richness comes over the weeks, months, years. And to be really, really present to that ambiguity, and to delight in it,
0: mm.
1: to delight in that ambiguity, because that's where you'll find the richness in life.
0: Yeah, and enjoy the days off. My team was saying, you know, we really have to get used to surrendering, and then sowing the seeds, picking the fruit, and then taking some time off in between. Like it's, um, it's crazy how many people are just pushing for things nowadays.
1: Yeah the 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 sweetness of that time off um, is essential. And in fact, some of the uh, entrepreneur clients I work with like will write into their goals to take two days off a week.
0: Oh.
1: That's an, an essential goal, and that's where we find the um, that's where we water the seeds. Yeah, yeah, the art of doing nothing.
0: Yeah, it's it uh, takes practice though, right? It does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we and we can't mass days off as like opportunity to get every chore
0: done
1: Mm. it has to be legit like do nothing time from uh, from time to time
0: yeah do nothing and eat snacks yes (laughs) (laughs) I love snacks (laughs) um awesome thank you for that Katie I really love how you're bringing in such powerful beings and you're literally kind of like bringing together lots of different pieces that on paper would probably look a little bit bizarre but i just love how you create this so beautiful um cohesion of of bringing people through and and showing them that it's not just a case of having this or that you can have everything that aligns with you and i I love that how you're bringing all those pieces together so that's so beautiful
1: thank you yeah called to do this really tricky thing in in life but you know what can you do but say yes
0: (laughs) You look, they're saying you love you love a sadistic challenge so you were the one to <laughs> hand up for that
1: <laughs> we well, well, I'll have a little chat between lives this next
0: time around but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. oh bless you okay cool we'll um start recording now we'll thank our readers and our listeners and then we'll have a little chat